spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 185th annual Subliminal Reception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm German pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Ah, uh, not doing too bad. Could Can I tell you about my interesting night last Friday? Yeah, let's hear it. So I decided, um, are you familiar with the, the, uh, the film Megan that has just been released in theaters? Yes, I am going to go see it at a theater pretty soon here. Okay, well, I decided, fuck it, I was just going to go by myself because nobody really wanted to see it anyway, so I went to the, we have this place called Alamo Drafthouse, I I think you might have them too, uh, yes, yes, very right. best theater ever, I think, but, uh, w- so I signed up, ordered a ticket online, and I, it won't let you, like, sit by yourself, you have to, like, sit next to other people, which I thought was kind of weird. <sighs> Yeah, so I'm, I get there, and neck, where my seat is, there's like three girls, you know, and I just kind of come in, and I didn't see this chick's purse kind of sitting there, and uh, I just go to sit down in my seat, right? I really yeah. wish I didn't sit there, but she kind of gave me like the snide, like, excuse me, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, and, uh, and of course, they're being annoying the whole movie and whatnot, but... um. Yeah, it it's just like I don't want to sit there. I didn't purposely sit here. <laughs> I didn't have a choice, lady. And I'm I wanted so- a spot to myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry you decided to put your purse in front of my chair. Like, what the fuck? But uh, yeah, it. Otherwise, uh, I won't spoil the movie. But you can probably already tell it's not exactly going to be a blockbuster. Yeah, it. So. It looked so good. That's the that's my problem with it. So it looked so good. And it looked like, you know, from the reviews and everything, it was like, oh, this is going to be a great movie. But then I didn't hear anyone talking about it. The only people you heard talking about it were just kind of like, I, yeah, you know, it was a, is a, is a movie. But I didn't, I haven't heard anyone really say anything. Maybe, well, I, what, if, what do you think about it? Don't give me any spoilers because I still plan on going to uh, see it, but. Um, I could definitely say it's more of a sci-fi movie than a horror movie. Uh, oh. it, it has some interesting parts, but also it's kind of corny a little bit, you know? Like, you'll laugh at parts where they're, I think, supposed to be serious, but <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> you'll see it. If you go, you'll see it. But uh, I think the concept's they, good. They definitely made it for the TikTok generation. Cause they had the robot girl like do the dance as she's like killing people, kind of deal. Like they definitely knew that they were gonna put little clips of it on, you know, like the Instagram stories and the like the TikTok stories and shit. So to yeah. get like buzz for it, yeah. So I the, think that's maybe kind of what they were going for. Like the the Megan doll impromptu dancing almost seems like out of place when it's in the movie. Okay. 
And I'm just like, why is this robot dancing all of a sudden? But you know, I I think you should see it. It's uh it's it's not too bad. Did you watch the newest child's play movie? Yes. Is that the one with Aubrey Plaza? Yes. Yes, I saw that one. I think you'll see a lot of shades of that feeling of that movie in this movie. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, she actually wasn't as, so I think she's hilarious, but she wasn't that funny in that movie. Like I thought, I thought she was going to be, you know, like really funny, but she was a little bit more serious in that movie than um, I would have thought. I thought she did well though in the movie, Aubrey Plaza in the Chucky movie. Yeah, you, you know, it was a little different than what I thought it would be. Basically. You usually in those movies, Chucky's the funny one, and yeah. I, I don't think he was funny at all in that movie. No, yeah, not this version. No, it's definitely a new version of Chucky. Uh, like, because it's not the serial killer. It's not the wisecracking fucking you know love to hate him serial killer. It's yeah, it's something completely different. So yeah, those old Chucky movies though, man, that. He says some funny shit in there. It, uh, it's the best part oh, yeah. of the movies. Oh, yeah. So I actually watched something this past weekend, and I just want to know like, if you've seen it or heard about it. Have you seen the latest just blockbuster series, Velma? No. I have seen about <laughs> 10 million memes about it, though. Yeah, so basically I saw it. It, it popped up uh, while I was kind of like, you know, uh, bored just sitting at home looking for something to stream and i saw that and i had heard basically that they were having like a new take on scooby-doo so i thought oh i might as well give this a shot i made it i'll say i made it about 12 minutes in um i think i got there i think i got until maybe the new shaggy showed up i think i got to like just as they were going to like maybe find the murder or something but since then i've seen like reviews of it i turned it off i just couldn't I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. Basically, <laughs> I kept waiting for Scooby Doo to show up. He never showed up, so it was a little, it's a little, <laughs> little disappointing. It's one of those things where if you want to watch something bad, maybe watch that. But it maybe. just, I don't know. It just, it wasn't even like ironically funny. But it, uh, I don't know the the track record for trying to recreate old shows is not good. Yeah, though they they haven't made anything new in quite a while, but it's just I don't know. They they keep trying to like rehash things or, you know, maybe break off little parts of stories. I saw that they were doing a kind of like a Grease spinoff where they were doing like the origins of the Pink Ladies. So I didn't even like I've seen that movie a couple of times. I didn't even think the Pink Ladies were a thing except for just like what the greasy guys fuck. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I thought that's what they were there for. Okay, but. so what I heard about the Grease spinoff is it's not even the original Pink Ladies. It's the Pink Ladies. It's like four years before those Pink Ladies. So it's like the seniors four years before the class came in or whatever. Those Pink Ladies. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen two commercials for it. So It's, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. Do you remember they like redid, was it all in the family or growing pains or something? One of those like family comedies. No, I, well, it was family matter. No, not fit, not family matters. Full house. They did remake full house, but they basically brought the same people to do it. 
kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Before I thought Bob people Saget li- died. I thought people liked that though. I had heard mixed things. I heard it wasn't that good, but that's I I've had enough fill a full house for my entire life. I don't really feel like watching <laughs> any more of it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have cable growing up. Oh, you did. But you had yeah. My family didn't have cable growing up, so Friday nights we watched all shows. So Yeah, yeah, I guess that was a uh didn't they have like TGIF where they had that? They family, had matters family Matters and a few other shows. Yeah. God, what were some of the others? I don't even remember. Not that it... Uh, it's not. It's very much not important. We're, yeah, we're, it was, uh, we're in old people corner right now. That's uh, that's where yeah. we're hovering. I'm sure a lot of our audience <laughs> probably is around the same age, so they remember too. Yeah. Fucking, what was that? Corey's World or whatever. Corey Boy Meets, meets world. world. Boy Meets World. Yeah yikes okay that's an old one <laughs> yeah that's how we learned how to be a man <laughs> all right mr feeney <laughs> yeah the fu- all right let's hit it <laughs> yeah we got we can't be getting into mr feeney and his creepy ass but uh all right we're gonna dive in here on this week's episode of sub d we will once again be diving headfirst into the world of ufos now We have covered UFOs and alien abductions an untold amount of times on this show. And as we've learned, each of them kind of had their own little unique experience that happens during their UFO sighting, abduction, crash, blah, 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 blah. Now, the incident we will be talking about today also has its own unique experience, but I think it's diving into a sector of alien abductions that we haven't really touched on this show, and that is love and romance. Ooh, a I, little bit of pasta, today, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Valentine's Day is still a month away, but we're gonna get you guys. We're gonna get the ovens a little warmed up for you guys here. Um, yeah, I don't think we've had any intergalactic love yet on this show, have we? No, we haven't. Um, I remember you and Adam doing the. Uh, the Sasquatch love story on uh, <laughs> on well, Bumblebutt, but well, we that did was pretty much we did an entire episode about sexual encounters with extraterrestrials. Oh yeah, but I will say this one, I think people give a smidge of credibility to those ones. Almost read like they're just fan fiction. Yeah, so well, that was the kind of the joke. Those were all you know supposed to be written by a woman but they were obviously written by a man pretty much every single one of those stories no there's uh so there's actually you watch a lot of like ufo documentaries you'll see kind of the deal is whenever someone gets abducted either you know eggs are taken or sperm is taken or someone's you know made to believe that they're having sex with another human being when really it might be just like a hallucination while they're getting you know a machine or sleep paralysis but Or, as you've talked about before, the even darker um, aspect of people are having repressed memories of being sexually abused that turns into that. I don't know how, 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 you know, often that's the case, but uh, unfortunately, sometimes our, our heads do protect us from those horrible, horrible memories. Yeah, it's in... Last podcast on the left, kind of when they were always talking about like, oh, we're playing our favorite game, like 
ghosts, aliens, or sexual abuse. Yeah. Kind of deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out which one it is. Right, right. <laughs> now, the individual we will be covering today was a woman by the name of Elizabeth Clarer. Now, I've heard some people say clearer, but I think it's Clarer. Now, Elizabeth would eventually go on to write and publish a book in the 80s titled Beyond the Light Barrier, the autobiography of Elizabeth Clarer, which goes into pretty vivid detail about her experiences with aliens and moreover, a specific alien that we will be talking about throughout the show here. Now, as we have found out on this show, and maybe this is more my experience, but if someone has a UFO encounter or some abduction or some sort of supernatural event happens to them and they write their own book and publish it, I think it might actually lessen the validity that they have instead of like strengthening strengthening it. How do you how do you feel about that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Whenever I hear that the like the experience is self-published or, you know, an autobiography, I always give it a lot less validity kind of in these, you know, areas. That just means that no one else was willing to write this book for them. <laughs> kind of deal in my mind, because if you think about it, like a lot of the best experiences, it's always some like journalist or some writer like latching onto the story and trying to like, you know, go out and do their best, you know, journalistic shit, trying to go out and like get the full story. Whenever, whenever it's like self-titled, you know, self-published or, you know, autobiography type deal, it's always just them, their experience, you know, cause they're the, uh, the subject matter expert on it. So they're only getting like what they want to put out there. Just the good too. So the, uh, the other thing I've noticed we've ran into on this show specifically is when someone, let's just say someone has a paranormal experience, moreover, alien experience, and then you find out they're like a uh, a science fiction writer or a horror writer, and then like that's was yes. their job, and then they release this that actually happened to them. I feel like those ones are the most, you know, not believable ones, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's... <laughs> Um, it's kind of like finding out that what, what's her name? Uh, JK Rollins. It's kind of like hearing her, you know, she wrote all these books of all this, you know, magic and fantasy and then having her say, Oh, actually, you know, I had visited a place where they have all this magic and blah, blah, blah. You're just like, <laughs> well, you're full of shit, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's be like Stephen King writing a, a book about his experiences being like, attacked by a demon or something like i by a demon car yeah exactly <laughs> you know what now, I, dude you're just you're just really good at making that shit up actually the funny you bring up jk rawlings because i there is an episode in the works and i was going to do it this week but i needed more time on it and then the guy i wanted to cover nicholas or is it nicholas flamel I think he must be a character in Harry Potter, but he's like a real guy in real life. Have you, do you remember this guy? Yeah. Flamel is, uh, there's, it's kind of brought up in the Harry Potter books a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The philosopher's stone and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, that will, uh, probably be down the road a little bit here. Now, Elizabeth clear was born in 1910 in Moy River, Natal, which is located within South Africa. Now, according to some sources, 
It appears that at the age when Elizabeth was old enough to, I don't know if they went to college or some sort of advanced schooling, but apparently she studied music in Italy and then went to England and kind of like, I don't want to say get a master's, but she uh, studied meteorology. So she was very deep into the meteorological world. Um, I've noticed meteorologists seem to be get intertangled with UFOs a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, meteorologists, they're always looking up at the sky. But <laughs> especially meteorologists, when the technology came for radar and, you know, kind of like these advanced, you know, the kind of like tracking weather through technology. I mean, back in what would this have been 1910? So maybe like 1920s, 30s, we'd have been a little bit off of having, you know, radar used for weather tracking by a couple of decades. So this must have been still using like the old methods of meteorology, well, you know, like what? weather. Would she just look outside and be like, okay, I think it's going to rain today. Better report it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> We're going to ask this uh, homeless guy with a broken knee if it uh, if his knee's <laughs> swelling up. I bet the barometric pressure is going up. It's definitely going to storm today, guys. I was going to say, the first day of meteorology school, the first thing that they do is they take a fucking sledgehammer to your knee. All right, <laughs> now you're going to know when it's going to rain <laughs> every single time. She's like, the weather in South Africa today is going to be sunny. All right, nailed it. See you guys I tomorrow. Can, I can feel it in my old crooked knee here. <laughs> it's going to be chilly tomorrow morning, so maybe you remember a coat. Now, we're not really sure how long she might have worked for a meteorological type of job or whatnot, but eventually she would join the Royal Air Force. I would assume, maybe you can answer this, that the Royal Air Force in South Africa was like strongly connected to England. Is that would be a correct assumption? Well, yeah. So South Africa was a colony of England and, you know, the United Kingdom. So basically all of the colonies during World War II, it was all hands on deck. OK, so basically, I mean, India gave up a, like a lot of Indian lives were lost in World War Two, um, Australia and, you know, like. Fucking New Zealand, some of New Zealand and Australians were considered like some of the fiercest fighters of the entire war. So, yeah, basically everything that was a colony of United Kingdom was fighting Canada, too. You know, so yeah, those are the yeah. main ones. There's also little ones, too. But yeah, so um, basically it was all hands on deck. situation. OK, well, I can't, it doesn't really say when she joined or if she just joined because. Because of World War II or the threat of World War II, I don't know. But she was involved or she was in the Royal Air Force when World War II broke out. And she was actually assigned to work in the intelligence sector of the South African Air Force. And her assignment was to decipher secret German radio transmissions. So that is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I don't know exactly... I know that a lot of the German colonies in Africa were lost during world, like in the aftermath of World War One. Um, I do know though that the the German Navy was kind of patrolling around, uh, like the west coast of Africa between, you know, like the Atlantic. Basically, they were trying to take down, you know, Allied convoys. 
So maybe, you know, getting good radio transmissions from that. I don't really know about much German uh, besides North Africa, which they were heavily involved in, along with the Italians. You know, eventually they would take over for the Italians who were really doing a shit job. But <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> there would have been a lot of jobs for them to, you know, a lot of work for them to do yeah. deciphering German uh, transmissions down there. Obviously, I don't know if she stayed in South Africa, if she was stationed somewhere else. I don't know, but she was belonged to the South African sector of the Royal Air Force. So that's what we know. We know she was in there. We know she was working on radio or deciphering radio transmissions and all of that. That's all confirmed. We know that for certain. Um, now, where her life starts to get interesting. Now, what I'm about to tell you. I've heard different accounts on this, and I'll kind of clarify that once we go in it here. Now, once the war was over, sometime in the 1950s, all right, Elizabeth claims that she started to become pretty interested in UFOs. She probably heard about Roswell and all of that. She kind of got um, in, uh, interested in flying saucers, stuff like that. And yep. Elizabeth claims, okay, that she started reading books on sub the subject of ufos right and some sources made it sound like she almost like unearthed these repressed memories of seeing weird things when she was younger so i don't know if like what's the story with that or if she just or if that was just a bad source i don't know but she does have memories going back to when she was seven years old. Now, apparently, Elizabeth and her older sister, Barbara, were outside the farmhouse they lived on, and they were, quote-unquote, feeding their puppies. I guess that was a thing. Um, and they noticed, at first, a large silver disc emitting a very bright, luminous light, just kind of exuding this light, and it flew over top of them. Now, a few moments later... Another mysterious craft flew over, but this one was not a silver disc. This one, according to her, was a bright orange-red, and its shape was what she described as a cratered planetoid. Have I, I don't all the episodes we've did, I've never heard of a UFO looking like a cratered planetoid, have you? Yeah, not really. It's uh I mean Basically, like, Ceres was above her head, pretty much. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> No, I've never heard. That's almost like the sound of a mothership, you know? Well, it, like, like it, to me, if you think about I, <laughs> the Death Star, right? It has the big cave-in in it. I'm like, I unless this was a ship that was just beat up really bad and had holes all <laughs> over it, but <laughs> I Possibly. don't know. I don't know. I just, that's the first time I've ever heard someone describe a craft that looked like that. Yeah, no, I've never heard of a craft that looked like basically like potato shaped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's uh I think when she says quote, like feeding her puppies, I don't think it's a quote unquote. I think they were feeding their dogs, <laughs> but they did have dogs back then. But her, Hold on. <laughs> we got to remember her whole story is a quote unquote. We're just going to oh, throw that okay, out. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sure she was feeding her puppies. I was just being facetious, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting because they she also went on to say that they saw this. They talked to a the farmhand 
who was kind of um, a native to, to South Africa. She was obviously a white person, um, but he might have been might have been a slave. Yeah, well, basically, he could have been, honestly, in uh, 1920. But he we're going to learn about here, like the the Zulu tribal people, which I believe he was at one point, claimed that these things were what they referred to as Thunderbirds. You've heard of this before, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Thunderbirds, lightning birds, I guess. Um, if you some of these like ancient mythological things, if you squint your eyes hard enough, you could be like, well, maybe they were seeing a UFO. I suppose it's possible, right? Yeah, well, there I mean, there's a lot of like the ancient myth of a lot, you know, the Native American tribes in North and South America, North and South America also have like a lot of similar stories that ancient aliens loves to kind of, you know, <laughs> plaster right on top of UFO, you know, yeah. hand in hand, basically. So Thunderbirds is one of them. I've never heard of the Thunderbird myth existing in African tribes, though. That's kind of really. No, yeah, I've never heard of. I'm pretty never sure. heard of them. Wait, where'd you that. where'd you hear from? I'm pretty. Africa is the only place I think I've heard of it. I thought that it was a American thing, American like the American Indians. Well, I thought it was their story, but I could honestly, I I feel like they called them something else. Okay, no, Ma- yeah, no, then I'm wrong about that. I've I've only thought it was American thing. I don't know. It, either way, I mean, they could both have. Similar legends. I mean, if you saw something flying in the sky, you assume it's a bird. And if it looks like a flash of lightning, I mean, uh, anybody would probably maybe describe it as that. Oh, yeah. Good point. You know, I I don't know. That's just kind of one of uh, the things she said here. Now, Elizabeth claims also her first husband that she has. She has a few husbands. I'm not going to list them all, but... When she was younger, her first husband uh, had had taught her how to fly a plane, right? And she claims that they were flying. I don't really know where, but they were flying and they saw like a mysterious craft kind of hovering in the distance, okay? Now, yep. technically, if we feel, follow the timeline, that would have been before, you know, like Kenneth Arnold. That would have been before Roswell. So either... They saw something they didn't know what it was, and in hindsight, she's remembering it as a UFO, or maybe it was something weird. I don't know. What do you What do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's it's not like Kenneth Arnold saw the first one that ever flew over the the Earth, supposedly. You know, um, well, he kind of so, gave him the like. I mean, he's the one who, as far as we know, kind of invented the flying saucer thing. Yeah, but it's uh, like people have been seeing shit for hundreds of thousands, even, you know, if you look, you know, ancient aliens and all that. Stuff. Yeah. But yeah. people have been seeing weird stuff in the sky. Um, she might be the first one. Um, she's kind of going back and saying almost like she's the first one because this is all later. This is all after Kenneth Arnold that she's coming out with this. Right. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the stuff yeah, that definitely. But the um, stuff that's going to happen to her is going to happen in like the fifties. So it's like hap- okay, hap- happens. The main meat of this story happens in the fifties, which we'll get to shortly here. And then she writes the book or publishes it in the eighties. So, uh, and like obviously, if she was seven years old, I'd be nineteen seventeen, following when she was born. 
Uh, and then I, she was married young, like they all were in probably the thirties to forties, somewhere in there. And then obviously there's world war two and then we're kind of post-war and now she's really leaning into you or she, she claims she's really getting into UFOs. Okay. Gotcha. When everyone else is starting to really get into UFO yeah. for that time, like right after, yeah, like Roswell and the flying saucer stories. It's interesting if it. If she was getting into um, let's just say it's like 1950, right? Yeah. She waits 30 years to like tell her story. It's kind of interesting. She waited that long, right? Yeah. Well, it's you always kind of hear the stories of like, oh, I saw something weird and I'd had no idea what it was. And then years later, I learned about foes, you know, that kind of deal. Or, you know, you hear about someone really getting into UFOs and then they happen to start seeing them. You know, yeah, it's always true. it's kind of a coincidence. It's it's never like they saw something, had no idea what it was, told everybody about it. And then years later, after they made this crazy story, they're like, oh, that must have been UFOs. <laughs> you know, they always only talk about it. And it might be an embarrassing thing where you like, I saw something that might be magic or crazy, you know, but. Well, I can say you and I've talked about UFOs and stuff. I I've, I haven't seen one yet. Have you? No, I've oh, I saw something weird pass in front of the moon once, but I believe that was a <laughs> very the weird. It looked like I didn't know what one looked like at the time, but it looked like a uh, it was like a triangle that passed in front of the moon when I was a little kid. But I believe it was a B two bomber. Now that ah. uh, I'm a little bit older, problem is it would have been flying way too low to be unless the b2 bomber was flying like only a few thousand feet above our you know our house to make like that big of a silhouette against the moon so maybe you did see you fulfill i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah or a bird or, or it was or, a bird that was much much closer yeah probably more <laughs> like that but okay. it was very it wasn't like a you know how like a bird kind of has like more of a you know curved shape to it yeah this was very very like sharp sides triangle. It's a bird but, in N64 graphics. That's what you there saw you there. Go. That's what I saw. <laughs> it was Star Fox. There yeah, you go. There you go. He's very <laughs> triangular. Um, <laughs> now, once uh, Elizabeth started getting into UFOs, she kind of remembered back to her ex experience as a child. She wanted to talk to more of the Zulu locals and kind of piece together this thunderbird lightning bird type of thing so she would travel out to the rural areas of johannesburg and she kind of talked to all these uh local village people kind of asked them about it and she interpreted the thunderbirds as flying saucers now they went on to tell her that there was one specific hill that the thunderbird used to land on all the time. It, it, it's like they knew it was always on this one specific hill. Apparently it was called UFO Hill. I highly doubt they called it UFO Hill, but it became known <laughs> as- A UFO decade before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, It, but she's learning about this hill. The locals yep. are telling her, if she wants to see this thing, you go over to that hill, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So she's- really digging her heels in it. She's really invested in seeing what's on top of this hill. So do you want me to tell you what she sees on this hill, Phil? 
Yeah, let's uh, let's hit it. I do always. There's so many of these areas around the world where they're just known for like weird shit, and it's always like some mountain, you know, like oh that's you know. And now I mentioned ancient aliens before. It's always uh, the kind of deal where they claim like oh that mountain is where like a UFO used to sit on top of, but they called it like a city, and it was like a god city would sit on top of a hill. The Mount Olympus, they called that yeah. in ancient aliens. Yeah. That it was actually a perch for an alien that they called um, Zeus, basically. Well, uh, I mean, the story's not that far off from that, to be honest with you. If UFO Hill actually existed in the, what she's about to find up there is just chilling. Okay. So... Again, they call it a hill. I don't know if this was like how steep the hill was, how big it was. I don't really know. But Elizabeth eventually decided, I'm going to go ahead and climb up this hill. And when she reached the top, she was in for a hell of a surprise. Upon reaching the top, she witnessed a low-hanging spinning disc that she could tell the, the middle was stationary. Your prototypical flying saucer. Additionally, she claimed it was making a weird, very low humming noise. Now, this, I think, the humming noise, we've heard this many a times, right? Yeah. So it's, and uh, I, do you remember UFO stories where it's like the center's kind of stationary and then it's almost like uh, spinning around it? That's That kind of seems familiar too, right? The Gravitron. Yeah, that. yeah, yep. <laughs> Fuck that ride. <laughs> the the ride from the fair. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Every everyone's seen one. The same shitty gravitron has been traveling the country, making kids throw up for years. So <laughs> it was kind of fun. Maybe that's how this thing works. I don't know. <laughs> but with curiosity of a cat, when you bring a new object into your home, Elizabeth, she had to go ahead and get a closer look. She could see that there was a porthole on this craft, and she could make out that some someone was on the other side of that porthole. So she focused as, as hard as she could on the porthole, and she, cl- she claims she initially saw a, quote, humanoid-shaped being sitting there. I don't really know if it was looking back at her, but she could see it through the window here. She decides she's going to go ahead and move even closer to this thing. And she found herself being forcefully pushed back by a wave of hot air, almost like expelling her away. And at the same moment, the hot air shoved her back. The creature, or she assumes the creature that was on the other side of that porthole, he, he went ahead and began to have a telepathic conversation with her. So do you think the UFO would have some sort of a defense thing, I guess, to keep people away. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe she got hit with a blast of like, uh, maybe cell phone radiation. <laughs> it just, uh, it just hit her back. Well, I mean, we have weapons like that now where it's basically like a heat wave that hits you. You get, you know, like a wave of heat comes and like kind of almost like opening a hot oven door in your face and it makes you like you know pull back it's almost like that that's basically it's like a crowd control measure so maybe that's kind of like the same idea it's weird that this thing would push her back and then 
as I'm going to tell you here, start having like a full on fucking conversation with her. Yeah. I mean, it's, I wonder, so this was during the fifties. Is this, is the fifties when she started telling the story or is it when it happened, she wouldn't tell it for years later. This, what we're happening right now, I think it is like 1955, maybe something like that. 1954. She wouldn't, nobody would know about this until the eighties, kind of when the book was released. Okay. So definitely the idea, like what people see when they think of like aliens is definitely, she would have known kind of what the popular pop culture idea of an alien is. Yeah. It's not like she's seen this in like the early forties before like Roswell. No, no, this would be like kind of, I guess in the height of the UFO craze a little bit. And she's definitely telling it like decades later. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. It's not, it's, it's not crazy. Like, Oh, she, you know, saw a UFO. She saw, she, she saw an alien, like a humanoid looking alien, like years before anyone else had started describing them. People were already describing them by the time she claims to have seen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This alien, as we'll find out, looks a lot different than like, the Roswell ones per se, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into that here now. Okay. Once the being established a psychic connection with Elizabeth, he began communicating with her telepathically. He informed her that his name was Akon and he was from, <laughs> from the planet <laughs> called Meeton, Meeton, I believe it's Meeton which was located within the galactic region known as Alpha Centauri. Akon claimed that he was a simple crew member of this spaceship, I guess a scientist, moreover. And judging by how the story kind of continues here, it almost seems like Akon pushed her back, told her this little snippet of information, and then they must have fucking got out of there. He must have took yeah. off because he... He, uh, they don't communicate again for a little bit yet. So I assume he must've been like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Okay. I got, I got a lot to break down from this. Yes. Uh, first of all, it's pronounced Alpha Centauri. Centauri. Uh, it, it's weird that he would call it Alpha Centauri. Cause that's what we call it. You'd think he would call it something else like fucking Creton or something like that. <laughs> um, also it's weird that. He hits her with a uh, crowd control device to get her out of there. And then kind of like an introvert trying to have a human conversation. He just bursts out his name, where he's from, where she might know where he's from, and then fucking gets the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) kind of sounds like an introverted kid just meeting someone for the first time and just like, you know, word salad, just spitting shit out (laughs) and then bouncing out of there. Maybe Akon's a little, uh, little, uh, yeah, like you said, shy. Maybe he doesn't uh, know how to communicate with humans properly. Maybe he blew her back, and then he's like, "Oh, actually, this this lady is kind of cute. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and have a weird conversation with her right now." <laughs> oh fuck! It's a girl. Uh, my name's Akon. I'm from the planet called. It's in the galactic region of South. Ah! Gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. So, as far as him naming that galaxy, right? Yeah. So, allegedly, as we'll find out, the this type of species of alien he is, according to them, they're so advanced that learning 
different languages is very easy for them. So if mm. we were to believe Akon here, uh, he maybe could have learned English and then knew what they called where he was from, I guess. Okay. Um, Although that doesn't make sense because they probably wouldn't have had advanced enough technology to see all those other galaxies yet. Humans or humans? Well, Alpha Centauri is actually pretty close to our own fucking solar system. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's like five light years or so away, but it's like that's pretty close in you know galactic terms. So yeah, and if she went to college, like she would have, you know. Even back then, she would have known about it. It's, you know, it's pretty bright. You can see it. So Okay. So we just suspend disbelief here. So if Akon did have a good enough grasp on the English language, then he might have known that that's what they would be calling the thing that he lived in or the galaxy he lived in. Possibly. Theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. You know, we're in weird territory, so we got to kind of, you know, <laughs> suspend suspend disbelief a little bit. So we're just going to play along with that. But OK, thank you. For, OK, thank you for clarifying that. That makes more sense then. It was so close. They make a lot of trips and they just uh, happen to know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, after the initial experience with Akon, Elizabeth, she started to become just a little bit obsessed with seeing him again because he's. Quite a ravishing man, as we were about to find out here. Now, she would actually go ahead and keep going back to this UFO hill over and over over the next few years, just hoping that her little space Casanova would be parked there just waiting for her. And for the longest time, Akon was nowhere to be found. That was until sometime in 1956... Now, this time, Elizabeth claims that she actually saw the craft descend onto the hill and she already she could just feel it in her soul. This was her little sweet baby, Akon. He had returned for her. So, well, you did mention a cat before, like earlier on in the episode, <laughs> scratching up a tree. Yeah, exactly. Coming back. Is he here yet? Is he here yet? <laughs> you know what? Your introvert theory might work here because if he had that, maybe he sat and dwelled on it for a few years. And be like, you know what? Actually, I got to give this another shot. I got to I gotta see her again. Um, It's interesting because one source said that he actually like used a tractor beam to pull her car into the ship. But uh, most of the other ones were like they just kind of met back on the hill again. So... I take that for what you will. Now, this time when Elizabeth saw the saucer come down and land, Akon, he came out of the front door, but he had a friend with him to kind of meet her. Now, Akon introduced his friend as a astrophysicist and botanist, <laughs> his little wingman, I guess, that worked yeah. aboard the ship. Akon would eventually invite Elizabeth to come up, come on aboard the ship here I uh, wish she would agree to enter. The ship would eventually depart and return to a larger cigar shaped. The only way she described it is a mothership, which she believes was somewhere between five and eight miles long. Okay. Yeah, definitely the introvert uh, 
thing kind of takes effect here when he's yeah. bringing a friend along on a date. Yeah, he's <laughs> this is uh this is someone else I work with. Uh, he's he's gonna be uh, taking over when I put my foot in my mouth. So <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna make sure I don't uh, fuck this up too bad here. His name is Brickon. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is when she gets on this mothership, right? She claims that within the mothership itself, it was so big that it actually had cities within it. It had parks, it had trees, it had all sorts of vegetation, it even had a large man-made lake. Uh, she claimed it was filled with a great number of the same humanoid-type alien, similar to what Akon was. She claimed that they were very similar to humans, but they were taller, they were more beautiful, they were more polite, they were more gentle, they were non-aggressive, and they were non-violent. So, these... Could, go could ahead. these be Nordics, do you think? We we know what he is. We okay. do. I will, we're about to reveal that pretty shortly here. Um, but, yeah, it does, he does give off that impression, right? Minus the long hair. Oh, yeah, well, the Nordic ones are known to have, like, the long stringy hair. Yeah, so. he does. He, if you want to take a sneak preview, this is her um, painting of him down a little bit here. He kind of looks like Marshall Applewhite from Heaven's Gate. Yes, he does. <laughs> Holy shit. They've come back to find him. Holy fuck. Actually, when was Marshall Applewhite born? This is this, <laughs> this might come together. Does she have kids? Uh, she does have kids. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Actually, that's a good theory. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the kids. Uh, she has human kids and we'll find out she has non-human kids. He looks like if, uh, Jean-Luc Picard made first contact with a fucking alien species, that's the painting they would draw of him. <laughs> Maybe that is him. Maybe he Could actually be. existed. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ake, oh, go ahead. The Federation showed up. That's who she met. It almost even has, like, the fucking badge on it. Like, the little, I don't know what that thing is. Like, a bent triangle badge thing that they all wear on uh, on the spaceship. Oh, yeah. The fucking, uh, their communication device thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Akon would go ahead and fill Elizabeth in on kind of the story of his people. Apparently, they were originally from... The planet Venus, meaning they, of course, meaning they are Venusians. A um, little different than the Nordics here. Now, a long time ago, Venus was filled with with life and and vegetation, similar to how Earth is. But eventually, Venus became uninhabitable because of the sun. Now, they claim that the sun kind of pulsates similar to like a heartbeat does like in out in and out and at one point it pulsed radiation out just a little too hard i guess this would be a solar flare and it just completely wiped out the vegetation on the planet and akon and his people basically fled venus went to earth and while they were there it kind of happened again and he claims that it happened they were living there with dinosaurs, and then this killed all the dinosaurs, but not them, I guess. Because they bounced the fuck out of there? Off of Earth, yeah. And then they yeah. were on the moon for a while, and then we'll kind of talk about how they get to the 
planet they're currently on. So basically they Venus to Earth to the moon to Meton. Like okay. hop in there. So I don't even know if it's physically possible for Venus to have ever had life on it. Maybe it is, but um Ugh. what do you think? So Venus is actually it's it's just inside what we consider like the Goldilocks. Um it's so there's Earth, Mars, and Venus. Um, Earth and technically Mars are inside the Goldilocks zone. Mars is just too small to kind of hold on to its own atmosphere. And uh, basically it was so small it lost its heat too. That's why Olympus Mons is a dead volcano. But yeah, so Venus is inside. Venus is actually like similarly, you know, sized to the Earth, like just a just a few percentages smaller than the Earth is. The problem is it's um it's made up mostly of like carbon dioxide gas it's like the greenhouse gases we hear about you know polluting our kind of atmosphere that's just full of it um it's not that venus is so close to the sun which makes it hot it's actually um you know just the runaway greenhouse effect basically that's you know it's why venus is actually the hottest planet hotter than mercury because it sustains it because it's covered in that blanket of atmosphere could that have been destroyed by a solar flare? I don't know. I, I don't know much about. I don't know much about fucking uh, fan theory, fucking UFO, <laughs> uh, you know, planetary whatever disasters. But I mean, maybe. Fuck it. I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll just. I would just go along with what Akon says here. Now, yeah. now, as I mentioned. After Earth and leaving the moon, um, Akon said they eventually found the planet Meton, and they discovered that it was very, very similar to how Venus used to be before Venus kind of got burned up. It had ideal, quote-unquote, high vibratory rates, okay, which are better for advanced civilizations and advanced consciousness, He also dropped the mic when he informed Elizabeth that a portion of the Venusians, they actually still remained on Earth to this day and were, quote, to look after the planet and advance the mentality and consciousness of the indigenous people of this planet, which they are in the process of doing. Mark Zuckerberg, I knew it. (laughs) It looks like fucking Mark Zuckerberg's grandpa, actually, if you look at that picture. (laughs) I don't know. It could be. Here's the problem. Mark Zuckerberg's not nice. Allegedly, these Venusians are quite nice. So yeah, maybe he malfunctioned. I don't know. These Venusian people are probably a little bit more animated, too. They don't seem so much like aliens. They seem a lot like, um, what do you call What you call What is Spock? Oh, uh, fucking uh, Spock is a Vulcan. Vulcan, yeah. Yeah. Smart, not real violent, no emotions. That's kind of what I was getting from how old Akon is here. Um, oh, okay. So he's a hypocrite, too. <laughs> <laughs> enough fucking nerd corner, though. Let's. Uh, let's well, he, he's very clearly horny enough. He has that emotion, I guess. Um, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, so eventually, Elizabeth left the mothership. Uh, had all those crazy experiences. She was returned to Earth. And kind of from this point forward, Elizabeth and Akon would meet several more times just above the hill. 
And yep. as mentioned, Elizabeth, you know, she thought Akon, she thought he was sexy as fuck. She couldn't get enough of him. She just had this overwhelming attraction to him. And Akon would eventually give her a silver ring, okay? And that made it easier for the two of them to communicate telepathically. Eventually, Akon informed Elizabeth that she was actually a reincarnated Venusian. So, oh, and, and she's special too. Yeah, of course. He al- he also <laughs> he he also kind of laid the the groundwork that he has known for a very long time that they were kind of soulmates. I guess. Yeah. So, um, they were gonna be connected no matter what he knew it ahead of time she didn't know it. she had a few of those lousy human husbands and now yep. she's got an elite gray-haired marshall applewhite looking fucking stud from another she's planet got the ultra chad yeah he is a <laughs> literal galactic chad that is what he he is so yeah, Mecha, Mecha Chad. Yeah, he's Mecha <laughs> Inter- ultimate version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. What do you What do you think about this so far? Uh ooh, it is. It's kind of what you think it, um, or what you think it's gonna be. Uh, she finds out she's super special. I'm not reading Pat. I want to kind of hear you, you know, say it. I have some ideas though. I imagine this is a. He's been watching her since she's a little girl. I've yeah. known you were special since then. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You nailed um, it. God, it's, it, it, it always kind of like runs in this script where the author always becomes, I'm, I'm, you know, break. I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, give it much. I never, I don't give anyone's stories credence because they're <laughs> all written by humans. Yeah. But, and I don't trust any humans when it comes to this shit, but it's, Oh, Jesus. It always runs this story where it's this fantastical story and it's got a great sci-fi, you know, like aliens and this and that. And I'm special. Also, I'm actually an angel. I'm actually, you know, it's always that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually I, or not an angel. I'm actually well, kind of actually sometimes I'm actually an alien myself i'm actually special uh they've been waiting to come back you know they've been trying to reach me you know they've been looking for me here you know that's the reason why i I never fit in ah see there it is everybody you know <laughs> one of those deals right right now as uh you know kind of their romantic relationship blossomed it can yeah. only lead to one spot bill and that is a sexual connection now oh, yeah. w- <laughs> Even though Akon was very clearly an advanced Venusian from an advanced society, apparently they haven't figured out what contraceptive or condoms are because Elizabeth quickly found herself pregnant. Once Elizabeth saw that plus sign in the, on the pregnancy test, she was very quick to inform Akon. And, you know, unlike most aliens, Akon, he was, he was pretty pleased with the news. But Akon and Elizabeth, they went ahead and decided, we're not fucking giving birth on this piece of shit earth. The only yeah. place she's going to give birth to this mystical child was on Meton. Nice. So I kind of was hoping that this story would go a little different way. So if you've ever watched Futurama, there's an episode where Leela, uh, kind of a one-eyed 
like alien looking yeah. creature kind of like she is but then it turns out it's a shapeshifter and he's got this scam running with like five different women and basically he turns into a total asshole and makes her his like servant basically because she thinks that they're the only two of their kind left and that's kind of his thing or i was kind of hoping that he would give her the old pump and dump and <laughs> uh not uh not call her again give her the ultra the ultra chad fucking treatment uh where he basically goes off to his fuck another planet to go bang some other alien chick he's a chivalrous chad that's what he is here um what's interesting is that i was watching a youtube video about this right and the guy was reading quotes from her book and it's interesting because she said the sex wasn't necessarily you know what we think of here on earth they almost he in the book it almost like makes it sound like they were connected in a like sexual telepathic thing it is very demolition man but basically but somehow yeah. she could get pregnant from that i don't <laughs> i don't i don't know maybe it's better than real sex i don't really know but uh but yeah it was uh it was an interesting description that's uh what is it well demolition man they have that where they put and they kind of uh you know it activates the the you know sex parts of the brain then there's also cone heads they have the uh, the ring that goes on the cone yeah chris farley yeah. basically looks like he's having a seizure when, yeah. it, when it's on him yeah she's just kind of like lightly enjoying it and he's like fucking his he looks like his you know brain's about to start on fire <laughs> But <laughs> that's a good movie. Also a great that. movie. I haven't seen that in fucking years. Good movie. I would uh, suggest a rewatch. It's worth it. It's a good okay. movie. Okay. I will put that on the docket. Now, <laughs> now that Elizabeth's pregnant, the two travel to Meton. And according to Elizabeth, she was only gone on Earth for four months. But on Meton, nine years had passed. So I've never watched Interstellar, but I've heard that's like a big thing where they're like on the spaceship and time works differently than they than if they're on the planet. Have, yeah. you, have you seen that movie? Yeah, so usually when it comes to the the idea of being on obviously she's not a, you know, sci-fi writer, she's not a, you know, scientist. I thought that the idea was you're on the spaceship for what seems like a couple of months, but it's like years or decades back on Earth. I thought it was kind of like the opposite how but you know it's not my story to tell obviously but it's kind of a little little backwards to what i think would happen you know what i mean yeah stories yeah i don't know we gotta remember too 1956 she would be 46 47 years old at this point so you know she's having a geriatric birth yeah I guess okay. I guess his jizz is just that potent. I that's the only thing I can make out of it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, in the 1950s, you're definitely going to want to, you know, have your baby in an advanced hospital. <laughs> so just in case something goes a little awry, I don't. Situation. I don't know exactly, but I thought menopause kind of starts like between 40s and 50s. I could be wrong. Um, it's different from uh, you know yeah. every woman is yeah. different obviously but yeah it's it's coming up at you know in that time frame so it's definitely a you know an advanced birth basically for her years if she's in her mid 40s i mean it's it's still it happens now but we have like drugs and stuff to kind of you know like help the process along kind of deal you know make yeah. everything drop and you know 
settle in and everything. So <laughs> come on down to your OGBYN and let's get them eggs settled down. Let's get, get them eggs settled in for the long yeah. haul. <laughs> <laughs> you only got six left, so let's get them settling in. Let's get them settled in. All right. Now, once they're on Meton, she would eventually give birth to a baby boy. They would name it Ailing. Interesting name. Now, she would go on to describe just how beautiful the planet Meton was. She claimed it was very similar to what she had seen inside of the mothership, except for this obviously was a whole full planet. It was full of vibrant flora and fauna. The government and educational system on this planet were very, very meticulously thought out. It was a very utopian-ish society. There was no crime. There was no violence. Nobody lived in poverty. Everyone had access to food, water, whatever they drank, energy sources, and all their energy sources uh, didn't cause any sort of pollution at all. They didn't have any sort of monetary system. And all apparently every single denizen of this planet wore some type of exotic silk clothing. So they are very pimp daddy-ish, I guess. Basically, it's like an episode of Star Trek right before you find out that this utopian society has like a dark secret. Like they actually murder people before they reach a certain age or they're eating, you know, the imperfects, basically. This is a uh, NWO thing here. I guess, type of thing, minus the one world leader, but uh well, it's definitely the, the exact opposite of like a dystopia. But yeah. sometimes they do sometimes sci-fi stories planets that it's almost too perfect. Um there was the story of um the giver is kind of like that, where it's too perfect and it's almost like totalitarian in its perfection. I, I we look at this right and in my mind, it's like in you're incapable of viewing humanity as ever being able to achieve anything remotely close to this. Not in our current form. No, there's no way. Well, no. <laughs> they'd, they'd no, have... civilization will die off and come back a few more times before we figure this out. They'd have to like figure out a way how to disable greed you know envy all of those types of emotions from humans to even think about this because i don't there's too many too much greed and shit i don't think you could ever do this yeah as long as someone gets a slightly larger slice of birthday cake than another person there's gonna be fucking greed and you know envy and whatever so yeah i mean you would it would almost have to be the kind of deal where you didn't even have families everyone was just kind of cloned brought up through the system exactly equal you know that kind of deal uh fucking like a like a you know dystopian utopia you know kind of deal it seems perfect but it wouldn't be perfect it would actually be like you know horrible really when you when you dig down so we couldn't humans couldn't you would need ai to design humans couldn't design a perfect place for everyone this is why i'm wondering like okay let's just hypothetically say aliens exist different species exist maybe they were evolved without the type of emotions and instinctual things that are like deeply embedded in humans 
possibly. I mean, you did say that they existed since the time of dinosaurs. Yeah. So they have had a, quite a few millions of years, you know, just eons to perfection. So maybe they did fight and fuck all of the hatred out of themselves, you know? <laughs> it, could, it could. I don't know. It's uh, a human. I don't even know. I'm kind of cynical where I'm like, I don't even know if humans can make it another few million years but um a few hundred years is pretty <laughs> yeah <laughs> there needs to be quite a polarity shift in the overall consciousness of all of humanity for anything like this to start but you know no, maybe definitely. i don't know it's hard to say but anyway let's get back to this here about six and a half billion of us are gonna die just say it yeah that's for this to be for this to be us about 90 percent of everyone gold yeah so yeah <laughs> she doesn't really say how many of these venusians are like on the planet but i would assume quite a bit it didn't sound mm. like there's like overcrowding so i would assume that means there's not like a crazy amount of them yeah i'd imagine well especially the more technology you get the less people you need to so i doubt they have a ton of people like working on the plumbing and, you know, the electric, it's probably everyone is, you know, it's probably like the Federation where they don't even work money anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That sort of they thing. Probably don't, cashless society. They probably don't have like uh, Venusian boomers, I would imagine. Otherwise, this planet <laughs> might be in, in some trouble. Clinging to their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, even though Elizabeth had been here nine years and she loved this planet, and she was really enjoying her time raising her son, and she obviously loved Akon, Akon loved her. She soon discovered that humans could not survive on Meton for too long. Apparently, she was, like, drinking a juice or something that was preventing or was allowing her to live here. I don't know. It must have wore off eventually, but she claimed that the, quote, vibrations of magnetic field were much stronger than they were on Earth, and as such, due to her homo sapien anatomy, these strong magnetic fields were slowly weakening her heart. So she would have to return to Earth and leave her son ailing on Meton to be taken care of by uh, Akon here. But she was mostly okay with that because, according to her, ailing would be receiving a significantly better education than he possibly could have on Earth because of them being such an advanced society. So it's she was fine with that. He's going to be doing just fine. Akon was worried that she'd put him in Catholic school. Yeah. <laughs> this boy don't... No, I, I think we'll raise him here. That's fine. Yeah. This boy yeah, don't we'll, have No, no, God. they'll teach him math. It'll be fine. This boy don't have God. I don't want him going to hell. Yeah, he doesn't need to learn about Jesus. We'll teach him how to do his tax. That'll be... You know yeah, what? That'll... That'll be what we teach him. She didn't mention no religion on the planet, mm. which is I just just thought of kind of interesting. Yeah, that is weird. Maybe it's one of those things where it's something that she didn't even like think of. Maybe if she's not a religious person, but not an anti-religious person, she's just kind of like, oh, I don't even think religion. maybe it's just something that she wouldn't even mention. Like a super religious person would mention that they had something, you know some yeah. kind of religion yeah i don't know you would think you would assume maybe they just i don't know planet sponsored atheism i don't know 
something <laughs> happened there. <laughs> now that Elizabeth was back on Earth, um, she wasn't going to be out of contact with her son and Akon. They would actually come to Earth and visit her from time to time. Um, apparently, on other in other situations, she would actually talk to them via holographic calls. Apparently, Akon and Ailing were going to go ahead and uh, like what would you say? Uh, see the galaxy, I guess is the way you would say it. Dad, dad and son, were going to go ahead and, and explore the galaxy, the universe while mom is sitting at home. And as we'll find out, um, Elizabeth believed in her heart that she could actually be a conduit to advanced society on earth, which it's going to be an uphill battle. Let's just say that. Yeah. She wanted to help the Earthlings ascend to a level similar to that of the Venusians. So once she returned to Earth, she would try to spread the message uh, about developing a society of peace, love, and environmental understanding. Things that we would consider hippy-dippy, but um, she was trying to kind of evolve Earth. But as we talked about, uh, it's very hard. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that ships, you know, takes an awful lot to steer it. So, yeah, I you're lucky if you just get it over a little bit, just one degree turn. If she had Facebook or any other social media, she would quickly find out that even though something could be the greatest thing ever and like just one 50 percent of the population is just going to ignore it and just <laughs> say it's terrible and that the devil's going to is corrupting you into liking it and all this other horseshit. Oh, I found it. It's the perfect medium to spread my message. Everyone will just see it and love it. It's called Reddit. Ooh. <laughs> Let me just start a message here. <laughs> she just gets 50,000 hate fucking responses. The trolls are just in droves, and then the memes about her start coming, and it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it just drives her fucking And then insane. the Russian bots hit. Yeah. <laughs> She's done for. <laughs> She's calling Akon, wanting a fucking ride. Like, Go out in the galaxy the fuck, with them. Get me the fuck out of here. It's yeah. interesting. She couldn't. Okay, she couldn't survive on Meton. Why couldn't she like live on the mothership? Yeah, or tra travel the galaxy with them. Yeah, that sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. but I don't well, know. Who knows? I, I, I mean, also too, if it's a few months on Earth and nine years on Meton. That means that she's been on Earth back for, what, about a decade and a half? That means it's been maybe hundreds of years on, a on uh, Meton. So how long does Akon live? Is it? I don't you know. know. I don't know. It, she, yeah. I don't know. We don't even know, like, as we'll find out here, she eventually does pass away. But we don't even know if, like, he was at the funeral. Like, what, you know, I don't I don't know. He seems to just, <laughs> like, kind of fade into the background eventually. She, there's a video of her funeral, and everyone just thinks it's fucking, uh... Marshall um, Applewhite. <laughs> Marshall Applewhite at the funeral. Holy shit, Marshall Applewhite was at the funeral. No, I was gonna say, um, what's his name? Not Jean-Luc Picard. The guy who plays Jean-Luc Picard. But oh, Patrick Stewart. His... Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Everyone just thinks Patrick Stewart shows up. I'm sorry. Like, oh, he must he must uh, also love this shit. I'm starting to think he might be a fucking Venusian because he doesn't age. But um, it... that's true. Anyway, kind of jumping here uh, in the 80s. She released the book. 
Elizabeth tried to kind of integrate herself into the world of ufologists. She spoke at a convention. Initially, you know, people were really on board with it. They were like, all oh, the story's amazing. And then, you know, as we know, the UFO world kind of tur- cannibalizes itself a little bit because they don't want somebody else kind of getting attention. Um, yeah. So then it shifted into her being mostly met with ridicule and most believe that she had nothing more than a creative imagination. Yeah. There's also the problem, too, of, wait a second, you're special? But how can you be special? I'm special. So you must be full of shit. Right, right. (laughs) The aliens came to visit me to give me the message, not you. How can that be possible? You know? And that is exactly the attitude of why they probably don't want to fuck with humans if they're out there. It's (laughs) fucking a headache. Yeah. Now, additionally, after her book was published, um, you know, beyond the light barrier, she claims that it outside of just the ridicule and then obviously any semi popular person is going to get death threats. But she also claimed that the government started harassing her. They were trying to silence her about all this. She said it was the Russians a lot, which I thought was interesting. Mm. So. You know, all this kind of notoriety that's kind of blipped up for her and all the threats coming in. She decided she's going to go ahead and just kind of become a recluse and just kind of hide from all of it because she she believes she's going to be killed. And and at some point, Elizabeth had began working on a second book called The Gravity File. But unfortunately, she was never able to finish it because she would pass away in 1994 at the age of 83. I don't. I couldn't find how she died. I'm assuming just old age. Yeah, I mean, eighty three. You're. I mean, that's you know, it's right in there. That's uh, it's a good average life. lifespan. Yeah, like of now. Well, I mean, I think average lifespan is in the in the seventies. But I mean, you know, now people are living to be much older. It seems like. Back in the 90s, someone living to be like 100 was crazy. Now you kind of see it a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, 83, that's a that's an old age, you know, it's that's and right there. And if we believe her Meton timeline, she would be 92, I think. Yeah, well, and her, I mean, according to her, Meton nearly, you know, so maybe maybe it would have lasted a little longer if she stayed on Earth. Very true. It's- also, also, people born in 1910, they weren't known for their, uh, you know, physical exercise, no. yoga, going to the gym. No, no, it, that uh, that shit didn't start up for uh, quite a while. So did you hear the uh, oldest woman still living? I just passed away. She, I think she was 118. No, I didn't. Um, I know that there I think it was a, a woman in maybe Stasia there. She was like getting close to like 120 might have been her but i didn't hear that she died uh this was a french woman oh okay no yeah i know that there's like there's quite a few people who are like well over so as uh you know as medicine advances and they start beating some of these ill you know diseases and whatever it uh if they could figure out a way how to like battle cancer that would completely change the landscape I was going to say, a lot of them, uh, they attribute it to like the clean living while they're smoking a cigarette and drinking whiskey. 
That one they just kind of pickled themselves. That one old woman, uh, she drank like fucking how many Dr. Peppers a day? She was like well into her hundreds. But uh, oh god, yeah, that's terrible for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now that I stopped drinking soda, I just feel better all the time. Yeah, it tastes great, not great for you. All right, Phil, yeah. what do you what do you think about this story? Ooh, um. God, I mean, I I love a good sci-fi story. I love a good alien story, you know. Um, yeah, it's just, oof. I mean, I think that maybe she saw some weird stuff throughout her life while flying, or you know, maybe 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 she ha- had like maybe one or two weird experiences when she was younger. Heard about the UFO thing, and then her mind just kind of like she just had one of those minds that you know just exploded with ideas and then it kind of became like well i'm not selling fiction i'm selling faction you know it's yeah it's reality it's not fiction so you think she probably did have maybe some ufo experiences but not to this extreme saw some weird shit um yeah not and then kind of you know made up the story kind of deal where oh this happened but it'd be crazy if this happened it'd be crazy if like when she went to the mountain she kept going back you know and never saw anything oh it'd have been crazy if i would have you know met an alien right away and then started fucking him and then had a family and then went to his planet you know that like this you know just leading one 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 and then all of a sudden it just like she writes a book about it 30 years later yeah as if it happened you know (laughs) starts giving speeches you know, then she realizes she's getting all the cool and it's like, well, fuck, I don't want to leave my house. You know, <laughs> I never meant for this. Right. Right. So yeah, I thought everyone would believe me. I thought everyone would see I'm special, but they didn't. So, yeah, I don't know. She's it's funny because I was like kind of trying to find usually these people. You can find them like doing an interview or like on a um, you in a UFO convention or something like that. There's like nothing of her. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of, I don't want to just assume that she, you know, is one of these people who kind of, you know, has a trailing story where it just kind of keeps developing over the years, getting more grandiose. It's kind of reminds me of, I don't know, you probably, you weren't in the military, so you don't really, might not follow it. Have you ever heard of the Stolen Valor people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these people, a lot of them, what'll happen is um, they joined the military originally, tried to join the military. Maybe they washed out of basic or never made it through MEPS, um, kind of the entry program. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them kind of get this idea where, well, if I wouldn't have gotten this happened or this happened, I'd be in the military. And then I would do this and then I would do this. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I can get the fucking the same, you know, the same fatigues that the real military wears. They start wearing it. Then people kind of give them the the respect or want to hear stories. So they start making up stories about it. They get more and more grandiose until all of a sudden they're walking through fucking Walmart, you know, with three purple hearts and a bronze star that they bought off of eBay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the YouTube videos there. I always remember there's this one guy walking through the mall and this other guy, he must've been uh, in some branch of the military. He's like, Oh man, I just want to say thank you for your service. And then he had like these medals. <laughs> one was like from Vietnam, and then the other one was like from the Iraq War. 
Like he clearly, and he's thirty years old in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, yeah. He, he clearly <laughs> had no idea what they meant. He just put him on there. It was just like yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can always tell because their um, their pants aren't bloused. Their pants aren't either tucked in or rolled up. Um, you can tell by that if their fucking pants are you know out of their out of their boots. That's the their uh, the bottoms. That's the best way to tell if someone's stolen valor is if their pants are out of their their boots kind of hanging down like normal pants do you know i will uh, i didn't know that i will uh keep an eye out but now that you mentioned i'm like yeah that kind of makes sense yeah if you see someone just like walking around like the grocery store or the mall um and you're like kind of wondering if it's stolen valor you look at their pants if their pants are like you know hanging over their shoes kind of like how their fatigues you know their whatever branch of the military they're wearing um, if their pants aren't either like kind of rolled up, um, we call it blousing, bloused up to like above their boot line, or if they're not tucked into their boots, they're obviously, you know, they've never worn it professionally. So that's a good way to tell is the pants. Okay. Duly noted everybody out there. Also their laces, their laces aren't tucked in. You got to tuck your laces in too. Okay. So it's all in the detail. That's what it's in the detail. Like the placement of the metals, you're not going to be able to figure that out if you don't really study it. But it's the easy things is like the little things, you know, shit not tucked in where it should be tucked in, that kind of stuff. Okay. You heard it here, guys. Keep an eye out for them <laughs> fucking bastards. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And get them on fucking uh, YouTube. Fucking yeah, it, show them to the world. It, but uh, that's not, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like this story. What did you, uh, like, you read the thing? Like, did you, like, what percentage would you give it? Give it a throwback. But <sighs> what do you think? I probably less than 5%. Mm. I'm probably around there too. Probably like two I, to five. I think I, I think I would be along with you where it's like maybe she saw some weird stuff and then maybe got a little weird. I mean, it's not, you, we will never fo- know for sure if it happened to her or not, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of the most fanciful tales. It's, oh, yeah. It's just very detailed, and I feel like human anatomy and a- alien anatomy, as far as like sexual, it would seem like it might not like plug together or like obviously a human cannot get an animal pregnant, right? Um, and I would assume. A, hum- a homo sapien and a Venusian might have some t- uh, some trouble with their sexual organs working <laughs> together. Um, Being from different planets and all. Yeah. yeah. But she did say that there were some Venusians living on. So maybe they cross mingled in the past. So. Maybe we're, we were created by them. Possibly. It's yes. possible. But uh <laughs> All right, we've been going for a while here. If uh, anybody wants to contact us, especially if you're Venusian, where can they do that, Phil? Well, any Metonians can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's great to hear from everybody. Love all the, you know, the ideas, the stories. You know, tell us if we suck. Tell us if we're good. Whatever. Uh, also, same thing. Hit us up on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, we love to hear from everybody. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody's Bob. Thank you to everybody who reaches out to me. Somebody uh, showed me this uh, document that said it's like a CIA document claiming that Hitler was in Argentina. It was kind of interesting. Thank you for doing that. Uh-huh. And everybody else who contacts us. 
If you would like to help us out, what you can do is log on iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. doesn't particularly matter what you say, just five-star, type something, hit submit. We greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even easier. You just hit the stars, hit submit, can't do anything else. It's anonymous, and it's a significantly better rating system than iTunes. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this little journey here. I think it might be hard to find a woman who was impregnated by an alien in the future, but we will look, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.